You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with Sarah Kirikoni, certified yoga instructor, health coach, and travel blogger. In my opinion, she's one of the top yoga instructors in all of our area. I say that not having taken her course, I get the feedback from 700 members, so it's good. She's good, and I'm very lucky to be with her today. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you, Mark, for having me. And what an intro. <laughs> I know, right? I worked on that all night. All night. But really, it's uh, an honor to have you on the show. And I know you're very busy. You're in demand. Um, you, She is, and all, all jokes aside, she is very popular. But I think she's popular not only because she's a talented coach, but she's also popular because of her wonderful personality. Uh, since the day I met her, she's always been very... Uh, just nice overall a positive energy and um, it's a joy to have her uh, working with our team so thank you for that my pleasure so we're gonna get into how you found your way to be a you know top-level yoga instructor and a health enthusiast but I know it was a long path as we've discussed before huge path long and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to get into it so start wherever you want you can start in high school you can start when you were at boston college shout out to boston college um where would you like to start i'll start from the beginning of really where my life took a turn and i remember when i was in my teenage years and at the time i was living in connecticut okay and grew up there i was there for 20 years when I was around 13, 14, I remember thinking in my head, I want something that's not normal in my life. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be average. And damn, did my life take a change. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> the you might universe, just get it. Yeah, huge. <laughs> the universe heard me and things did a lot of switches and changes and a lot of personal struggle. I felt fitting out was a big thing. Uh, a big struggle for me in middle school and high school where I felt different or weird or odd and trying to fit in in a community that was very structured and ordered. Conservative? It was conservative. It's New England. Yeah. It's parts of New, New England, England, suburban. Pretty, when you yeah. think about it, it is pretty conservative <laughs> compared to Miami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, finding a time where it was really hard to find myself. And where I didn't have the guidance. I played sports. I grew up playing sports all my life. So doing softball, doing volleyball, those were the things that kept me grounded. School came with ease for me. I'm a fast learner, straight A's. That part was I could do with my eyes closed. But when it came to personal growth and personal Social. acceptance, yeah, and it was a lot of self-esteem too. And that really hit me hard. While I was... I want to say about 14, that's when things started to get a little sticky for me. And I got heavy into an eating disorder. And first with anorexia, later with bulimia. 
I struggled with that for quite a few years. It ended up being for almost 14 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I went away to school, to, to college, like all the other high school to college kids did. And I ended up dropping out my first year. I went to Boston. I went to Northeastern, actually. It was where I started. Oh, wow. Yeah. I took a and visit there, actually. They have a really amazing gym, too, by the way. Yeah, I know. I know. They do. <laughs> they put a lot of work into that. <laughs> That's why their tuition's so high. That's right. And I actually ended up dropping out after the first semester, coming back home to Connecticut, and found out that I had cancer. It wasn't the cause of me dropping out, but it later turned out the way of the universe that I had this massive lump in my neck. And finally one day my mother's like, you're going to the doctor. You need to figure out what this thing is in your neck. And the doctor checks it out and she goes, well, I'm going to send you to Yale New Haven and you're going to get a CAT scan. You'll be okay. And I was like, what the F do you mean I'm going to be okay? Can someone please give me yeah, some yeah, information, yeah. please? And Wow. Doing some scans, biopsy, CAT scan, um, finding out it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. That was around 18, 19. Going through a year of chemotherapy, radiation. Coming back out of that, you lose a sense of, what the heck do I do now? I've just had nine, 10 months of structure, order, do this, do that. And now you're given a second chance of life, but you're also left a little lost. And I remember that same feeling of feeling lost, of feeling fitting out. Because most people are already, they're graduating from college or they're in college. Right. And they're moving on and they're doing things in life. I have to stop you. So was there, what was it like going through those treatments? Because that's a pretty, that, you know, just hearing this from you, that sounds like that was the life-changing set of circumstances that hit you so hard. Like, what was that like? That couldn't have been easy. It wasn't easy. Um, you would, most people say that was probably what got you to yoga, and that's when you started yoga. That makes for a beautiful story, but it wasn't my story. <laughs> Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, the way it changed me is a lot of what I live now for leaping when you intuitively feel something, for the whole live free that I, I strive to inspire others to be. At the time, it was really, it was really freaking hard, and it's. I didn't hear from friends, nobody. It was my family, and at the time, my boyfriend, and those were the only people around me. And the irony is, as much as I wanted at fourteen to not be normal, when I was going through treatment, I tried to be as normal as possible. I'm sure. So I still went to college classes at Fairfield U locally. I still. Went to the gym, working out. I tried to be as normal of a college kid as possible, minus the the, the right. frat parties and everything. But uh, I remember trying to find my normalcy in what was complete chaos. The outcome. I'm now 14 years cancer free, so wow. the the positivity behind it. But a lot of it wasn't dealt with at the time, so. The treatments, it was my mother taking me, my father taking me, chemotherapy for, uh, I think about six months, and then radiation for two months. Weak, right? You must have left you incredibly weak and changed a lot of your, your frame, I'm sure, no? I was really, I was thin, I was you know, not a lot of muscle. I'm still thin, but not a lot of muscle, drained of energy, color, everything in my face, lost a lot of hair. And that was the that was the real part 
I did fine up until the end when I had hardly any hair left. And that's when you start to feel really sick is when you see yourself in the mirror and you see your hair falling out. And I remember the times where I would be in my car and the window would be open and it's, you see the hair just like falling off of you. And that was like, oh, it's, it's all doses of reality that are visual. And it's the visuals that really bring you to a space of real. Yeah. 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 This, this is real. Oh my goodness. So how did you uh, reimmerse yourself or, or re, uh, you know, get yourself back into the swing of things after something like that? I drank. <laughs> really? Interesting. <laughs> That's what it would start to be. Well, I went back to school. There's a little bit that happened in between. Okay. But uh, it, where people would think, that's where you find yoga, that's where you find yourself. Maybe healthier, I still, right? Maybe. It still wasn't. I was still right. deep in an eating disorder. And I was still throwing up at the time. And I was still really, I hated my body before, but then my body did this to me. So now I hate it even more. And instead of showing it the love. Punish. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of self-hatred where you put it on yourself and you put it on yourself. And that's been my nature always growing up is I can't control the world, but I can control myself. And then going back to school, I went to school again part-time. I was working. I think once I reached a point where I didn't have to go to as many treatments because it, it tapers where you go from each week for checkups to each two weeks month Mm -hmm. three months six months and so on when I reached a point where it was enough time I'm like I have one more chance to go away to school and have that opportunity and I really want that I love cities I love to explore and I really love Boston New York was too big of a city for me Boston was like a perfect size yeah Boston's way better than New York (laughs) 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 the so going back to school in boston i was i got admitted to any schools that i applied to your grades are so good right my grades were still a the when you transfer it doesn't matter it was just like accredited courses i was like i worked really freaking hard for that a right um and i went to i started studying at suffolk university and New England School of Art and Design under their advertising and uh, communications and graphic design. That's what brought me back up to Boston. Still struggling with self, then being on your own, then it goes into struggle with alcohol, it ties it back in. And that's where I started drinking again. And I still felt really lost in who Sarah is. And this is with uh, like college parties, get together, house parties, bars, things like that, everything? bars some house parties then it turns into drinking by yourself then it 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 becomes a downward spiral understood drinking by yourself with a cell phone in your hand maybe on the computer not yeah <laughs> it's a combination of things and understood not poking fun at it but as we all know those can be some uh, alone times when you do start to do those things by yourself and when you really you're looking for connection mm-hmm. to yourself to other people but you're looking in the wrong doors. Oh, yeah. We think we have to have relationships with those people. We don't realize they may not be our people. No. You find your, find your tribe. Absolutely. So from there? From there. And it took, it took 
I'm going to say about four years. I met who is now my ex-husband. And I realized that I wanted a better life for myself. And it was seeing someone who supported, loved me no matter what, his way of living. He had his family there. He was, um, his family was in Dedham, Massachusetts, okay. so right outside. Mm-hmm. I wanted and craved a better life for myself, and intuitively I knew I deserved better. Some people, their approach towards healing is with therapy. Some it's with seeking outside help. Some is with AA. Whatever works for people, I always encourage that. And to explore those options. For me, what it was my own inner will to do something. And I think you're someone who agrees too. No one can change themselves until they really want to do it themselves. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Uh, I get parents sending me kids, coaches, or agent sending me athletes it it doesn't matter what you say or what you do with them or what you try to get them to do no one can do anything or make any switch or change until they decide they want to do it you know that the change happens instantly but it may have taken them eight years to arrive at that place so what i learned is number one you can't change other people because it's hard enough to change yourself it takes decades to change yourself or to arrive at that decision like i said before but uh tell us more about your path you knew you wanted a different life for yourself and what were the steps how did it unfold unfolding by slowly trickling out not drinking as much when it's you you want to wake up with a clear mind. It's okay. Choosing not to drink. Again, that's, it's not an easy thing to do and not many people can take that approach. For me, that was, that was the approach. And it was, you just said, I'm going to stop doing I it stopped. a little bit. Or I stopped. Just completely stop. I stopped. I went through periods and you know, it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I think those were the little challenges. I work off of challenges. If you challenge me to anything, oh, yeah. you could completely use reverse psychology on me by challenging me to do something i know this well <laughs> don't take note yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of the challenge i gave myself you know sarah try it for 21 days see what you can do with it and f- when you start to feel more clear-minded it doesn't mean that you you're always going to be on that path but you also start to realize you you want to it ripples outward and it goes into other things and it was a lot of waves. It was a lot of ups and downs and ins and outs and falls and nights of going back to drinking and not and still in the thick of an eating disorder. And with, I find, addictive personalities from other people that I've talked to, but also speaking from my own experience, you trade one addictive personality for another. So when I wasn't drinking and I gave up drinking, it was still the eating disorder. When it wasn't the eating disorder... I didn't think of the eating disorder when I was drinking. So right. it was the two polar sides of the mind. Oh, yeah. You know, I find, interestingly enough, in, I don't want to say health, maybe health, but more fitness, I can say possibly wellness. But in the fitness industry as a whole, there are many, many former alcoholics or drinkers or people that struggle with alcohol or with drugs, and they've traded those addictions and now they are extreme fitness people where they are ripped they are eating the right foods 24 7 there's no cheating 
they don't see any other way the sky is always their color and they have to do it that way right <laughs> yeah exactly so. and in that same extremity it's seeing the, the polar black or white black or white right and it's creating the grays in your life where these again these are lessons that have taken me 15 20 years to get there Right. I look young, but I'm not that young. Oh, yeah. Young. She looks young. <laughs> it's yoga. You can't see her, but she looks young. <laughs> so finding those those healing paths and tools, even if it is, sometimes it's fake until you make it. And that's tricking the mind and challenging myself. But also you start to feel the difference. And that's where I started to work out more again. The, the fine line became how much I was working out, what I was eating. So when you look for things to control in your life, for me, it was food. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't drinking, then it was food. So it was kind of weaning one addictive person, personality back out. So it was alcohol out. But it was still the thing with the food that has had stuck with me for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I married at the time and living with someone yeah. Are they in, I, they, are they in he- are they healthy or they what was the job profession if you don't mind saying he's what? in construction sure yeah okay. he was he had typical eight to five okay. construction at the time I was uh, an art director at an ad agency in Boston okay a fun environment and great company like anything in advertising around the the fall of two the two thousand eight nine is when the markets, everything crashed. Oh, yeah. And the first thing that people cut are ad budgets. So a huge round of layoffs, and I was one of them. And it's the same attachment to titles, to I am this. And you start to define yourselves by the things around you, including your job title. You know, it's the same that I think, I'm not a parent, but it's the same as I think when we define ourselves as I'm a mother and then the kids go off to school, then who the hell am I now? Right. And losing a lot of myself and when I was laid off, not knowing what to do, that became a struggle. So the first thing I cling to is food again. And I that's, that's a crutch. Right. Where any of these uh, addictions and personalities I've experienced in my life, again, I don't want to speak for everybody, that it's our, our mechanisms for dealing with external emotions, stress, that we don't know how to deal with. So it's where it became is learning different tools to deal with those emotions. Mm-hmm. When I was laid off, insert yoga. Okay. It was too expensive, being very honest. I lived out in Denham at the time. That's kind of like an expensive neighborhoody, right? Pretty much. I hated it. I went from the north end to But it is like that. The north end, I know. But the north end now is more like, like, you know, it's a, it used to be cool. (laughs) It used to be cool, but now it's been infiltrated by all. It's like the the south end now. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, Both which are beautiful. uh, So you're in Dedham and yoga is too expensive. We were in Dedham, but to take the train in and out, because I was taking the commuter rail. right. And those prices just kept going up, up, and up. That's right. Even though nothing improved on them, MBTA. That's right. <laughs> and it was too expensive to take the train into the city and out just to go to the gym. I was going to BSC at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had to find some other form of exercise. Yoga sounded like a great exercise, fitness regime, and calorie burner, which is what it started out for me. It was fitness, and it was a workout. And there was opening up a studio right around the corner from where I lived. 
that's where and actually before I took a couple classes at BSC before that and being very honest I hated yoga I hated it I didn't like the class I didn't like I was this is boring I remember getting out of a class and hopping on an elliptical machine after the class it was like I didn't even work out in that class (laughs) so that's why now I encourage people if you don't like the first class Try a different class. Try mm-hmm. a different instructor. Right. It doesn't have to be me, but keep trying and find something that you connect to. Of course. Um, now, it's my understanding that, not just break very quickly, yeah. that yoga started, the primary function of yoga, correct me if I'm wrong, was meditation primarily, and then the movement was implemented after that. You so are, I think that, am I correct? You are correct. Okay. So most people go into yoga thinking that, it's going to be a crazy hard workout and it's hard for me because I'm a big guy and I need to be limber and I need to be mobile and flexible, but that's really not the intention to start. It's really to calm you down, to put you back into the parasympathetic state after you've been living your life in a sympathetic state, correct? Yes. Okay. The whole practice of all the poses, everything you're doing by true nature is to exhaust the body so you can sit your butt down there and be still. Perfect. So sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. But that's the work in progress. And you get on the elliptical. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) From picking back up, that's where I started doing the first couple of classes. I hated yoga. I really did. However, it was when I found a teacher that I really connected with, um, Kevin, Gail, that I, it was something different. Mm -hmm. and a light kind of switched off it was one of those moments in life that i don't forget the same as when i knew i wanted something better for myself what 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 about the instructor did you like or how did you connect with this instructor because i know yourself i know joey i know a few other yoga instructors on the beach and there's some yoga instructors they have this huge following paul yeah huge following and i don't know because i don't spend enough time with them joey He's a great personality. I understand why people like Joey. And I think I understand why people like you, aside from you being a great teacher, they vibe with your personality. And there's a certain uh, lightness. And that's appreciated in this chaotic world. What did you like about Kevin? I liked that he was relatable. That mm-hmm. it wasn't so... there was You could laugh in a class. And that it was a little bit lighter. There was jokes thrown in. Mm-hmm. The, there was flow in the class. Because if I start standing in the same pose for too long i start looking at clocks i start looking around Mm -hmm. things like that um keeping it fresh and light and his warm approach that made you feel comfortable in a class made you feel noticed and made you feel comfortable and that the class was relatable there was no expectations there wasn't a right or a wrong it Mm -hmm. was you're moving to what your body is able to do in a safe way perfect what you're capable of doing in that moment and that's the awareness right it's the awareness that i think is the beauty of yoga that everyone can benefit from is you learn how to prepare your body and move your body in ways that will benefit you far greater than the hour you spend on the mat right right so now you start to grow a love for yoga then i started to yeah i fell head over heels like really in love with yoga wow which takes you so far and then it's like eh, okay <laughs> back to something else and i took a break from it i took a little pause i started teacher training actually and then i took a pause 
and decided that I wanted to go back. I went back into fitness. What changed my life is when I, when I, what changed my perspective towards it again was when I traveled to the Cayman Islands and I took a week of, it was like a free trial week. And I said, maybe I'll go once, twice. It ended up being, I went every single day. I loved it again. Came back and I rejoined for doing my teacher training at the same studio. And I completed the teacher training and knew that it was my, my intention to really connect with people for the rest of my life to inspire them. That they can move themselves out of a place that they feel stuck, where they feel uncomfortable, where they feel disconnected. And it's not just through yoga, it's through a lot of the other, which we'll get into, is a lot of the other motivational um, tools that you can use in your life too. Mm-hmm. And where travel and healthy eating are some of them. But I, I knew that that was my calling and a path. And it was around the same time that my grandfather passed away. Grandfather was really close to. And it, it was right before we were about to officially get married with my now ex-husband mm-hmm. and there was there's too many overlaps of when my grandfather dying to when I knew this was a different calling an entrepreneurial calling right. I ended up leaving my job I had a I did get a job and I was a full-time designer again at a fantastic life is good they're, they were oh, right wow. on Boylston now they're over on Melcher and um, South Boston huge company right they're wonderful they're, yeah. they've grown exponentially yeah. yes um Great company, amazing mission. Do what you like, like what you do. Right. And I was in their marketing department. I ended up leaving to start teaching. And at it was the same studio? At, no, okay. at all. All over. I taught a lot of different studios okay. in Boston. Okay. And it was a slow and gradual shift where I, I actually was working at um, a little known company, Lululemon at the time. Oh, yeah. And. What year is this? What year this is this? Was is this like 2011? 12. 12. Oh man, I knew them when they were like 2006, or I might maybe six or seven, maybe even eight, uh, when they had a small store as big as this room on Collins near Equinox. Oh, I remember. And someone came in and said, "Yeah, this little store over there, they'll give you clothes if you just uh, <laughs> wear them." I'm like, "All right." I went in there, they gave me some pants, shorts, and shirts. I'm like, "That's cool." Some weird company called Lulu something. Is that crazy? Wow, and that's they, a long time a ago. Long time ago. Yeah. All right, relax. I'm that not would, that old. That wouldn't have been a good time to buy stock. That's <laughs> I know, what I think. Right? I'm like, I hope you make it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Duh. Okay, sorry about that. Stop outsourcing yeah. your clothing uh, manufacturing. Crazy. So, yeah, I think it was around that time because I remember I finished my teacher training in 11. So around 12, I knew that I wanted something that was my path and started to teach more and started working less at Lululemon was teaching full-time in Boston uh, at the time and started traveling a little more as well each year my um, husband at the time we would take a trip or two and travel and I've always always loved traveling and that experience of being in a new place and Mm. seeing new things and being able to share that took a ton of pictures always And the more we came down to Miami a couple times, I came Mm -hmm. down for a training actually here in Miami and liked 
the vibe. I love. I hate. I hated the cold. I hated the cold. I was such a cold baby. I mean, yeah. it turned seventy, and I was like popsicle there. It gets cold up there, man. My brother's <laughs> a construction worker, and he has to go to work in that cold. Oh. I don't know how they do it. And then, you know, I said he says everyone's so happy in Miami. I, I get it. I understand why. I mean, I wouldn't be happy if I would go to work at 4 a.m. in the freezing cold wearing four sweatshirts. <laughs> it's minus 12. It's awful. He it's needs, awful. He needs your hot plunge. I know, right? <laughs> Poor guy. So I'm sorry. You were saying, so you came down here a few times and you liked it. You liked the vibe. Liked it. Liked the vibe. Again, it was an inner calling of this is interesting and something's calling me in. It's like a little string and something was pulling me and pulling me. So mm-hmm. we took a couple more trips down. And longer and longer periods. I think we stayed for a week. And Sarah gets her head stuck on something, and there's really just this plow paved the way. Paved the way. And we ended up moving uh, two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago down here. Oh, wow. I'm still fairly new. (laughs) Moving down here was one of the best decisions that I've made. And reconnecting or connecting with a community down here it gave me a chance when you uplift yourself from what's comfortable and i i think this is why i also love to lead retreats and take people to travel and see new places and let that be part of their growth and transformation you leave a space where you're comfortable and then you're uncomfortable you need to reconfigure every part in your life and it's putting together the pieces I was actually just watching a TED talk on this this morning where it's the, the balance between chaos and comfort. Comfort where you'll never grow. And that's how I felt in Boston. I felt like I wasn't growing in the way that I, I knew I was capable of. Chaos, I don't necessarily want chaos, but let's find a little, little something in between there. Miami brought that to me and I started to finally put together those pieces of who Sarah is, who Sarah is. And within that time range, too, I started to heal with teaching yoga. I started to heal a lot of the eating issues that I had at the time, just to kind of close that loop. And it was my offering to other people and that connection that, in a way, it was helping other people, but it also helped myself Mm -hmm. to heal, to reconnect. Moving down to Miami also opened my eyes to what it is I really needed and really wanted and after a few months of being down here with my now ex-husband we ended up divorcing deciding we're not making each other happy and we're actually we're really good friends so it's oh, wow. it's not like we have any animosity toward one another and he's still down here in Miami? he's still down here with my Constru- puppy construction he's in construction yeah okay. yeah he works in office and he's found actually a job that he really enjoys doing mm-hmm. as well so it was a, it was a positive positive for him too mm-hmm. I Start then moving back on my own again it's that little bit of feeling of loss what the heck's going on what the hell am I doing and being back financially on my own too as a yoga instructor ain't easy you're not driving you're not driving a Bentley no <laughs> um, I leave that one parked for the weekends oh yeah it, I don't think people understand what it's like to get started as a fitness professional i.e. personal trainer instructor group fitness instructor it's not an easy start man it's hard to get it going and most people so i used to work at a facility where when you work there you have to wear a name tag 
the amount of name tags, I was there from 2000, the end of 2006, I'd say, or six, middle of six, I think, to, uh, I think it was, we're in 17, uh, 14, uh, 2014, and over 120 name tags on that wall of trainers or instructors that came in and just said, you know what, it's not for me. This is, I just don't love this. And I was like, yeah, it's hard. That's why it's yeah. hard. Of course you don't love it because you're <laughs> worried about where your next check's going to come from, meal, if you're going to get a client, if you can keep them. It's a lot of pressure. I remember one trainer that came in, he said, you know what, I'm, this is not for me. I'm going to go into my family business and sell insurance because there's way more safety, job security in that. <laughs> and I was thinking, there's job security in nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you have to create job security, you're right? right? So how did you get it going? I mean, because you... Where you are now, you have really made a, a, a terrific positive name for yourself, and you do a wonderful job, and all the members here at Anatomy at 1220 think the world of you, and I remember speaking with Audrey about you. She looked like, she spoke as if she was your head of marketing, and she was, <laughs> all she is is a woman who takes your class, who thinks the yeah. world of you, so how did you get it going? You, I will preface by saying you are 100% correct. It is, it's a lot of work. And it's, as you, you touched upon, it's where your intention of what you're doing is coming from. Because if it is for the paycheck, you're in the wrong business. That's I right. said that from the beginning. If you're doing it from passion, from purpose, and from love, you will find your way. So knowing your intention of why you're getting into something. And I really knew I wanted to connect with people and inspire them to live the absolute best life that they can if that's through moving their body, if that's learning to love their body in another way that they weren't able to before, or heal their body in certain ways, mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy experiences, that was my calling. So every time it's been, you know, do I want to give up? Do I want to let go? And I've been there. I've been at those moments where I'm like, at this, I'm just going to yeah. go back to design. Yeah. It's easier. I can... And it's not because I remember sitting in a chair being, I want to kill myself like behind a desk and I'm stretching and sitting like a weirdo yeah. in my chairs. I had the support of my ex-husband. He always encouraged me, keep going. You know you want to do this. Keep going. So I would suggest know your intentions. Surround yourself with people who are going to support you even when you get down because you'll have those days. You know how those days is you're tired and that you don't really want to get up and be the positive person for everyone else. Because sometimes you have to light your own inner fire and light greater to shine that for other people. That's right. I, on a tactical level, I taught a ton of classes. A ton of classes. Got a lot of experience. I look for feedback. It was pretty much hit the ground running, become my own business. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Got... I'm fortunate to have a design background and marketing background. That helped me to have a professional demeanor. That's really helpful and important when you're you're starting out. Um, you don't have to pay people to do those things because that, that's a job. That's a job. Social media, design, post, like those, those are jobs. It's and the people that do it well, I mean, they're going to get sponsorships, endorsements. They're going to get more attention, whatever it may be. Absolutely. That's why I, I laugh when people are like, how many classes do you teach? Are you teaching anything else? No, I'm not teaching anything. Oh, so you have the day off. And it's like, yeah. no, nope, actually I have 10 emails sitting yeah. there. I got two meetings. <laughs> yeah. They don't realize it's all the work. That it's like in football, uh, being a former athlete, though it's the, 
when I'm sitting down, I tell my wife, I don't want to go watch the game at this place because <laughs> yeah. I have to listen to this guy who thinks he can play quarterback for the New England Patriots. This is torture, you know? <laughs> and he, they don't understand that all the work that goes in that you don't see, you wouldn't believe it in the pain and being uncomfortable and the sacrifice. Just like what you were doing, you weren't taking the day off. You were working on projects and trying to make this dream happen and this lifestyle, like create a lifestyle, a wonderful lifestyle. And you started doing it on your own. Thank goodness you had that background. Big time. It's super helpful. And yeah. it still comes in handy every day. Now that I started getting into more video editing and production, it definitely comes in handy to have the eye for it. Mm -hmm. Um, after divorcing and I was teaching on my own and just wrapping up where I am today in my life is I, I met a man in, uh, here in Miami, but then we traveled to, we started filming and he's a producer. So we have this idea for a wellness travel show and I would, you know, let's, let's talk about it. I want to have you as the host for it. like great this sounds fun i like this idea i oh, love yeah. traveling i like wellness oh, yeah. i'm down we ended up traveling to tulum in mexico together had an absolute wonderful time filming everything came back and i'm like i miss that sort of energy it was the first time in my life that i felt like i could be a hundred percent myself without truly really even knowing the person I was with. It was all oh. a trip on instinct. Wow. And we started seeing each other more and more and more and how we were developing. And this was a matter of a couple weeks. Everything has moved at light speed. Wow. <laughs> and we fell in love. We fell in love. And it was the fastest love story in history, but a really deep connection that we never saw coming but we knew we had the light for each other and what we consider soulmates, how you can know someone without knowing them prior and know that you, you're, we're constantly challenging each other with different, like a mirror. You right. see each other as a mirror. And so the, the shit that annoys me about him, it's, 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 my own things and it's my own things to deal with or it's oh yeah i do the same thing too <laughs> right. and we're mirrors for each other of how we can better ourselves better it's interesting ourselves for the world mm -hmm. um now what we do a lot of is when we're not teaching it's film it's we're we're t filming everything that we do and we're for still YouTube channel? for what we're our ideal outlet is to do for wellness passport which is the our that's their original baby that we started okay. and it's how to it's your healthy fun guide on anything wellness fitness travel related so okay. you can take it with you anywhere you go the outlet that we have it can either be in a digital platform it can be in a tv network it can be created as an app we're in the works of what we're doing specifically for it um, if anyone's interested, please yeah. reach out, mm -hmm. livefreewarrior at gmail.com. Yes, I'll throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. So is it, what's your, in a perfect world, where, do you, where would you like it to be, a television show? I think it has three different legs. I think where it would beautifully sit would be on a digital platform through okay. an online network, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Okay. And also have a secondary market in, um, in a, a channel a network channel 
but also have short relatable clips to use on any social media platform because that's that's the the way of the world these days is everyone's watching things i don't have a tv at home i'm on my laptop i'm on my phone another very commonality in fitness and wellness professionals by the way <laughs> really very, oh very oh very yeah people i hear it all the time and they when they say it they say you might be surprised to hear it and i said you don't have a tv <laughs> i finished the sentence and they're like wow really and i'm like yeah well, most don't i have one but it's like an hour every two to three days so and it's a big cable bill so I have to rethink that myself. So I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's it's true. And I'm gonna I'm gonna up that ante and okay. say get rid of chairs in your house too oh, wow. and sit on the floor. A big and carpet. Watch. Big carpet, okay. pillows. It's I better like for your hips. I like that. And your spine. I like that. I'll bring that back home. <laughs> All right. So tell us more about the retreats that you're you're taking people on retreats. You have a passion to just take people out of the places where they're stuck, as you mentioned before. Tell us about the last retreat and the next retreat. The last retreat that we did was to Aruba. And it was a, we rented a house. And it was bringing in people mixed from Miami, from all over, and California. How many people about? This one was, this one was smaller. This one was eight people. The mm-hmm. previous retreat that I did in Nicaragua had 17 people. Wow. So it was a different number. My beautiful numbers anywhere from 10 to 12 okay to offer individualized attention to people to give people space but also to have camaraderie within the group that's important in a retreat setting to have people feel comfortable with each other so it starts instead of groups forming which i've seen in large large numbers to have everyone as friends under one roof how they're learning to adjust being around we had a it was a room with four girls they're all in the same room oh wow and they said this was like being back in college where you're sharing a room part of the challenge is how they saw the opportunity to learn from it which is amazing to hear we did daily exercise yoga we did excursions seeing the island i had been to aruba twice so to be able to share that experience with them was special to me because I love this island. I rarely go back to the same place, and that was my third time there. And we did communal meals in the kitchen as well. So people would bring their own specialties. Um, Fabiola, who you know, and of she course. brought up a recipe for soup, and we're like, fantastic. Another night we're cooking on the grill. And we do different things together that unite and create people. But there's also mixed within exercises and workshop things to go over that I've brought in from health coaching. So it's bringing in um, personal tools to use to challenge yourself, to question your, your current mindset and thinking and ways of action. So if, it's, if you want to achieve more um, free time in your life, or greater financial success. It's what are you doing? Break it down. What are you doing in the next month to make that happen? What are you doing in the next three months? And just work it backwards a little bit. But so it's involving exercises for people to tangibly challenge themselves. So there's a good bit of life coaching in there as well. Exactly. Okay. That sounds like a great retreat. Next up, thank you. Next up, we're going to Key West at the beginning of June and then Greece, Santorini, Greece in September. Beautiful there. Yeah. 
Awesome. Santorini took my breath away. It's amazing. It's a beautiful space. It's amazing. Okay, so where do you have anything else you want to plug? Seriously. I'm going to be pushing more of, so I, I only teach yoga classes at Anatomy. That's right. <laughs> so you come check it. my classes That's out right. here, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Much of what I do now is um, it's online content, and it's really pushing in the direction of making things accessible for the wellness travelers. Okay. And as we're pushing more of the wellness passport and digital content, it's making it accessible to people to really educate people i think days these days we're all learners and we want to know how to do things but we don't have the tools on how to do them so creating a platform for people to really take something away okay so you're going to continue to travel to these different location destinations and show the public what's offered there uh, in regards to exercise and food things like that exactly okay perfect and it's not just yoga not just yoga so what you've seen me i've, well, I've been working out I hard saw, here she works out <laughs> i saw her working out i think i saw her with some weights in her hand on the main floor so <laughs> yeah. she has been working hard outside of yoga to your credit um, what other activities have you uh explored or highlighted for fitness yeah we do a lot of um Actually, when we go places, when we were just recently in Key West, do a lot of biking. So okay. it's being physical, doing um, any other sports. We played tennis when we were in Cabo. It's, you know, going zip lining when we were in Nicaragua. Oh, wow. it's, it's all the experiences and making it fun because I think wellness and I think sometimes even fitness can be really serious for people. And I see it in the yoga class all the time. People are... You know, they're, and they're a warrior too, and their face is so stern. I'm like, are you breathing? Hello? <laughs> oh, yeah. Breathe and take, light, take life a little bit lighter, which is, again, back to living free in my manifesto, because it's, it's short, and it's at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to wish that you made more money. You're not going to wish you worked longer hours. You're not going to wish that you pushed yourself a little bit harder to lose those last 10 pounds. You're not going to give a shit. You're really going to remember the experiences that you were living. Oh, yeah. I agree with that Can we 100%. tweet that? That was good. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's always those moments. You're like, ah, that was great. Write that down. No, that we recorded really, it. <laughs> very, very true and uh, well said. Um, what advice would you have for someone? I'm going to ask you to give advice to two different people. First, give advice to uh, your younger self, the 18-year-old Sarah. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you share with 18, 19-year-old Sarah? Great question. Ease up, girl. Ease up, girl. Ease up, girl. Yeah. Take it slower. And it's a lot of the self-love that I wish I was able to offer to myself. Mm -hmm. I... I I adore that I see more programs coming up for teenage girls for connecting to themselves, for mm -hmm. doing their own. It's a, it's a rough age, and I, I'm, it's not just a single out for, for women either. It's a rough age for boys, for girls, oh, yeah. to feel like they can fit in. And I felt a lot of that, so to ease up and to offer yourself yeah. a little more compassion. I couldn't agree more, man. That's great advice. And I was thinking, as you said, as I was thinking that you were saying it, you know, it's it's hard to be a young person. Really you know, is. The way I see, like, you know, everyone 
dogging millennials and they don't work hard or that it's one thing or another they don't understand the way the world works and i'm thinking we've become that generation that we had it tougher we had it rougher you don't know what it's like to work hard and i'm thinking i don't care if you're a boy or a young lady there's a lot of pressure there and I, but i do think it's harder for a young lady i really do it's so hard just what i see them going through because i played sports as an athlete uh seeing or hearing some of the stories and the way they treated and i'm like that's horrible dude like do you realize you're gonna have a, a daughter at some point it's yeah and i'm like man it's gonna come back to you i tell all the athletes i've ever worked with like i would be very careful how you treat women really and as woman to woman as a woman to woman to support each other instead of comparing or tearing each other down because i yeah. hear feel and see that a lot not just with me but with other people too and as a gender but also as a, a complete human race we can't evolve together if we're going against each other I think it, absolutely I think it comes from such a strong in, place of insecurity yes. and it's like let yeah. me dog her out and make myself feel better or let me say negative things about him to make myself feel better I'm thinking why do you think that that's okay if you're constantly, if your default button is judging other people at first glance without knowing anything about them, what does that say about you? That's that's it's, a huge mirror. It's yeah. like, man, like, do you realize everything you hate in that person, you are? Exactly. You are. I mean, that's psychology. I took psychology in college. It was like, that was 101. That was day one. <laughs> and if you don't recognize that, man, you are really behind really behind and it's something to know because it starts with us within ourselves you're more of a yogi than you think yeah I think I might be. I <laughs> you're I ready might for be. a yoga yeah. class i have another yoga question but i'm gonna ask you to give advice to one more person transitioning into that the younger sarah said uh you said cool out girl right yeah and then up. how about someone who's struggling with an eating disorder because they can't make that change until they're ready but seeing you've been there mm-hmm what advice would you give them? If I'm, any, if any, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard place to be. And I would offer maybe not advice, but compassion to know it's a hard place to be. And one of the hardest things to do is to let that um, experience be known. It's a very private and personal, from my experience, it's very private and personal. And... I know it's when I was also at my absolute loneliest to, if you feel comfortable to talk with someone about it, it can be anyone then to take advantage of that because you're looking for connection in other ways mm -hmm. and sometimes reaching out to someone you trust in can be helpful. That's not always easy and it can be something that you just want to keep to yourself. But to question why ask questions to yourself mm -hmm. and if you can find tools for for me it was partially yoga for me it was it was a huge dose of inner desire but to know what it is that you really what you really want and deserve because when you start valuing yourself and you see the incredible things that your body does that you want to care for it Perfect. and to treat yourself like you would treat a friend if your friend was doing it how would you treat your friend yeah it's interesting interesting 
thank you. Okay, so the last uh, portion of uh, the podcast traditionally is I ask you a few questions. It's, it's speed round-ish, but you don't have to speed round it. You can give me a one-word answer. You can give me a sentence. You can elaborate, whatever you choose, okay? All right. It's interesting. The first one is <laughs> his favorite food. Apples. Apples. Red, green? Green. Granny Smith. Okay. Oh, or Pink Lady. Pink you, Ladies are good, too. Are you the reason that we have to buy Rest- more apples at the front desk? <laughs> Restock. They're always was gone. <laughs> we have apples at the front desk at Anatomy, and Sarah fills her bag I up. Eat That's them why all. her bag <laughs> weighs so much. Just kidding. Favorite ritual? When I come home from traveling, I unpack right away. Really? Everything. Before I even shower anything. Everything has to be put away. That means... Not necessarily, or does it mean you're a neat freak? I am a neat freak. Oh, God. I, am, <laughs> I am too. I am too. I am. I am. See, there's but, more of us out there. Yeah, but it's, it's like you're OCD. It's not OCD. It's like I like to be neat. Like there, there's neat. a difference. There's a difference. My People shit's got to go where my shit belongs. Yeah, <laughs> my stuff belongs there. <laughs> Unique habit. Ah. Habit. Something that the uh, listeners may not know, or your, you know, your students, your friends, or your inner circle may not know, or maybe just they know. Actually, I proclaim a lot of health, but I also need my coffee first thing in the morning. Coffee. Two glasses of water with lemon, and then coffee. How twenty minutes after? Do the you the coffee? No. So you have the warm. I know this is a big thing in the fitness community, listeners. If you're not aware of this, the warm water with freshly squeezed lemon is for what purpose please tell the, uh, <laughs> yeah. tell the it kickstarts your, it, well in yogic terms it right. kickstarts your agni but get your belly going get your digestion right and if you can't poop it's great for pooping oh yeah <laughs> try it out it, it works you heard it here first and then how long after do you have your coffee uh like five minutes later black coffee black coffee yeah colombian brew is my favorite you know i was addicted to death wish coffee Oh, I saw your pictures. I didn't realize how much <laughs> caffeine was in that. I was having about five cups a day. Oh, my. And when I stopped, it wasn't as hard as you, you would think, but it's been over a month now. I haven't had one cup of coffee. I just drink about 20 cups of green tea a day. So <laughs> it's very different. Okay. So favorite pastime? I really love playing sports in high school. Volleyball really? and softball. I used to love really? playing sports. What position is softball? Pitcher. In first base. Heat or junk? Did hmm? you throw fastballs or... It's really just fastballs, isn't it? Fa- fastball underhand, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But change up once in a while. Change up. Yeah. Okay, that's what I want to tell Yeah. You. Okay. Favorite pastime. Do you have a favorite sports team? Sports. Not really? I'll say the New England Patriots <laughs> and Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, that was an e- actually, easy go-to. I used to... I really used to follow more sports teams. Now it's, I feel that the calling for, like with the, I, I really connected with the, we had this conversation right. in the parking lot with the Pats at uh, yeah. this recent Super Bowl because you want to see someone succeed and you want to see them overcome. So there was like, oh, yeah. there was a pride that day. I was like, oh yeah, oh, yeah that's my Pats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal. People don't understand that everyone in the world, for some reason, except New Englanders, of course, hate Tom Brady. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone can hate. Jealous, fine. Hate, it's crazy. He's five-time Super Bowl winner, four-time MVP. 
He's at, I played with him, so he happens to be a very nice person. He's humble. He's married to a supermodel, and he's still humble. It's crazy. It's, it, that's that same mirror effect you said before. Oh, my God. So much. So much. Favorite movie of all time. If you'd like to do a comedy in a drama, you can certainly do two. I usually don't allow two, but you can have two. Okay, let's go for, well, action, Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom or Last Crusade? Last Crusade. Choose, choose wisely. Do you remember that line? Yes, at the end. He chose poorly. He he chose the end and he withered away. That was one of my favorite lines. (laughs) And then do you have a, uh, that's kind of a drama. Do you have a comedy or not really? Comedy movie. I really love Wedding Crashers. That's a strong Baba Ganoush. Yeah. He's a real real mensch. Okay, this is, I'm interested in this next one very much. Last book read. You are a badass. Really? Yeah. I think, wait a minute. I think I read that book, actually. Wait, Jen Jen Singer? Singler? I think I did. That was the last one, and right now I'm in the middle of Contagious. I read a lot of marketing books, too. Okay, awesome. Favorite book ever read? The Art of Nonconformity. Interesting. We'll check both of those out. (laughs) I got to skip favorite TV show, right? Can we say Wellness Passport? Not yet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Oh, my favorite TV show is Mad Men. Mad Men. Advertising. Exactly. Wow. Favorite TV show. Favorite type of music. I love a whole mix of music, but I really love electronic, believe it or not. Three Days of Ultra would gave me a headache but wow that's serious i love a tiesto okay Geta. nice my wife's actually in one of david Geta's videos no kidding yeah he's so come funny. here too he's he was a member here for a year yeah i used to see him in here and he, he's a nice guy actually he had some very interesting fitness questions <laughs> <laughs> your mentor who would you name you can name if you have a couple you could certainly name a couple hmm would it be Kevin? Kevin Gale? I would say he's like an inner an inner mentor. I actually did some mentorship uh, training with him years okay. and years ago. I look towards a lot of public figures now who are in the life coaching training. That's sort of the evolution. Tony, Tony Robbins? I do follow some of his stuff. Yeah, Tim Ferriss. I like some of his stuff too, a Tim little bit. Ferriss. I like people who are real and they have a little edge to them too. Um, Marie Forleo, I follow for some of the, the Who's business. That? Marie Forleo. Okay. She does some of the business okay. inspiration. Um, I've gotten in this incredible habit now of watching people for their video production and how the videos come uh, out so sometimes i watch for that too that's a smart move you got to study that stuff yeah and i um along those lines i look for people in those modalities okay nice favorite quote change what you can um well i have a whole list of i want to say 12 in my manifesto but um Change what you cannot accept, but accept what you cannot change. Beautiful. Okay. And if you create experiences over things, over material cre- things. Another strong one. <laughs> if you could ha- have put one message out to the world, I did hear this on another show. I'd love to credit the show, but I don't remember which one. 
Um, if you could have one message on a giant billboard and everyone would see this billboard, what would that message read? I would say to oh, my own personal billboard. And in Miami, that's a huge fee to have a giant billboard. A giant billboard. Everyone's going to see it in <laughs> I can design it so that cuts that's costs right. down, right? That's right. To live free, believe in yourself, and spread your wings. Live free, believe in yourself, and spread your wings. To fly. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for making time to be on the show. It was awesome. Maybe have you back for a round two to promote the show. And um, I really appreciate uh, you being an open book and sharing your story. And I know that we will have a lot of people listening in that will probably have a lot of questions for you. So if I get any questions, I'll certainly shoot them your way. But thank you very much for making time and wish you much success, more success than you already have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark.